In the name of our Creator, Redeemer, and Comforter. Amen. As we've already been reminded by Ellen, today is Mothering Sunday, a time for remembering. We remember our roots, the church and the people that nurtured our faith, where we came from. Also, today is a day when we remember our mothers, those who nurtured us, whether they be our biological mother or other mother role, and made us who we are. I don't know if you've ever thought about what you actually got from your mother. I can think of three things. My love of talking, my love of maths, and my love of talking. However, in this looking back, there is a danger. That danger is that we see those things as what determine who and what we are. Society today, like many societies, look to why people do what they do and what they are. Is it genetics? Is it the way they were brought up? What causes us to be the people that we are? Someone I know talks about how we are prisoners of our own experience. But where is free will in all of this? Where is God and where is faith? This is where our Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 to 10 reading really comes into its own. And you may like to turn to it now. The writer to the Ephesians is wanting to tackle this question head on. And so the reading breaks into three parts that you'll see I've laid out in the service sheet. Firstly, that was then. Secondly, this is now. And finally, how this has come about. That was then, this is now, and how. So, what has gone on before this reading? Well, the writer has spent chapter 1 in a lengthy thanksgiving, but it is actually quite general. It's a thanksgiving directed at and about God, and also giving thanks for the people in the church at Ephesus and their faith. It's a bit like our Mothering Sunday, because the people there had a special place in the writer's heart, both in the writer bringing them to Christ, but also in their support and companionship in the gospel. But now the writer wants to get a lot more personal, and the themes that the writer explores in this reading from chapter 2, they will repeat immediately in the second half of the chapter. And this repetition shows that this is the key point of the letter, the focus of what the writer is wanting to say. So let's look at our reading. Firstly, that was then. The writer starts off with this stark saying, you were dead. How can they talk about existence as being death? We shall see that it's because of the difference that Christ's resurrection makes. But for now, let us look at living that is actually death. The reading says we are dead through the trespasses and sins. 
we often interchange those two words in the Lord's Prayer, but I want to suggest that they are slightly different. Trespass always reminds me of those signs from my childhood, do not trespass on the grass. I know I shouldn't do it, but every time I saw one of those signs, I had to sneakily put my foot on the grass. Therefore, trespass is where we know something is wrong, but we do it anyway. We have a choice and we choose wrong. Sin, as you may know, comes from archery, and it's the term for when you aim to hit the center, but you just miss the mark. So sin is about us aiming to live godly lives, but sadly not achieving it, often because we don't do what we should do. And those trespasses and sins, both what we choose to do and what we don't choose to do, are both the cause and result of our condition. Only one verse into this reading, and already we're in the pits. But that is why the next phrase is key, in which you once lived. That was then. You used to be blown about, it goes on to say, by the influences all around you. As our baptismal liturgy puts it, by sin, the world, and the devil. And not just the Ephesians, but the writer goes on to say, all of us once lived. Yes, we are not determined by our past, but it does make up who and what we are. We are flesh and blood. And so they influence who we are and what we do. The experiences, good and bad, that have happened to us and what we have done in the past are part of what makes us. But that was then. Then we come in the passage to the word but. That was then, but this is now. And who has brought it about? God and why? Because God is rich in mercy and out of the great love that he has for us. Just in case we're not getting the point, the writer restates, even when we were dead. Consequently, that was then and even in that state, even when we didn't deserve it, even when we didn't realize it, even when we were dead, God made us alive. The important word is with Christ. The resurrection is the life-giving event. If Jesus was raised from the dead, then we also are raised with Jesus. And not just raised from the dead, but then it goes on to say, seated with Jesus in the heavenly places. We don't just have a new existence. This is a life beyond anything we can imagine or deserve. We, who were the lowest of the low, are now crowned as queens and kings. Though just in case we get too big-headed, the writer points out this is not for our benefit, but it is just who God is. God cannot stop being kind, being rich in mercy, being great in love. What is most astonishing about this section is that the writer says this is 
now. This is not some pie-in-the-sky promise for the future, but something to be grasped hold of now. This life is now, not just for when we die, but it actually is, in its own way, possible now. That was then, this is now, and finally, the how. Our last section gives us more detail on the how and what the consequences are. By grace. How do you understand that word grace? You may have come across this phrase which uses the letters of the word grace, G-R-A-C-E. God's riches at Christ's expense. God's riches at Christ's expense. These riches come at a cost, not at a cost to us, but at a cost to Jesus. Therefore, they are not of our doing. It has to be a gift because we can't do it. We were dead. Even when the dead get up on their own, they're still the walking dead. Only through God's gift of mercy can we have true life. We cannot earn it. It is not like God says, let's get out a set of scales. Yep, there's more good than bad in this person's life you're in. It is like all of us trying to jump the Grand Canyon. It doesn't matter if you're a better jumper than me, neither you nor me are going to get safely to the other side. But God puts down the cross and invites us to journey over and through Jesus' death to the resurrection on the other side. Then we will have life, which is expressed in good works because that is the way God has made us to be. The how is all God. That was then, this is now, because God loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. So in conclusion, the writer dramatically contrasts the before and after, the then and now, and so seeks to appeal to the listeners' hearts and minds, to appeal to us. This is how much you and I Oh God, because of what Christ has achieved on the cross. The writer invites them and us to recall God's intervention on their, on our behalf. And as we remember, we not only give thanks for this new life, but it also helps us to align ourselves with God's purposes and plans, to live a new way, a way of living and not of dying. The writer in mentioning good works in the last section is wanting the listeners to realize that a life following Jesus looks and feels different. And what that looks like is what actually will be explained in the rest of the letter. So if you want to explore further, please read the rest of the letter. But for now, the writer wants us to truly get how much we owe God, or as the writer will go on to say in the next chapter, and is my prayer to finish, 
I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him, who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen.